following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, October 16th, 2020, season 16, episode number 46. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. I got Nick Eatman here live with me in the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Got Amber and Dave on the show. Dave looking a little perplexed. I don't know why, but we'll get into that, I'm sure, at some point during the show. And uh, we're going to start first, though, talking a little bit about Mike McCarthy. He had a press conference. He talked about two players. We'll get some updates on, on those guys. Then we'll get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Cardinals. That happens this Monday night. I have a series of questions I'm going to pose to these guys, and it'll get you ready for the show. And then we're going to take some time to hear from you guys. If you have questions, make sure you get on Twitter. You hit Amber up. She can make sure that your question gets answered, as many as we can get to. So hopefully we can spend the majority of the final segment just answering fan questions because we very rarely get to do questions on this show because Nick and Dave talk too much. All right, so let's jump right in. Let's talk about Mike McCarthy. Whoa! Uh, somebody with the 800-word rundown maybe needs to take some responsibility for what we do and don't do on the show. Hey, man, I'm just calling it like I see it. You know, I'm just saying. Y'all also, like that was That's okay. I was just I was trying to look curious and engaged, and I came off looking confused. Okay, so good. That's good. Good. I'm glad you weren't confused. So I'm actually going to go to you first. You tell me what did Coach McCarthy have to say about Leighton Vanderesh? Uh, I guess, uh, and and what his prospects look like going into this game Monday night. Uh, he said he looked like he hadn't missed a beat, um, which is super encouraging. I think you know we talked about this last week. You just have to readjust your expectations for the practice week. Today, this practice that's happening as we speak is the only padded one of the week. It's the longest one. So this is really where they're going to find out where he is. And uh, Mike said that how he feels in the morning when they come in for Saturday will probably dictate what they do with him. Um, unrelated to any of that, I just, I'm, you know, I think Nick has brought it up a few times. Like, it's just kind of amazing that a guy who broke his collarbone on September 13th is maybe preparing to play in a game on October, what, 19th? I mean, that's that's insane. So we'll see what happens, but very fast progress for Leighton Van Der Esch. Nick, talk to me about Randy Gregory. He was a guy that seemed to get some rave reviews, not just from McCarthy, but there are a lot of people from Jerry to Steven mm-hmm. to players that were talking about him yesterday and how he performed in his first, I guess, first practice back, yeah. uh, even without pads. What you, would you hear? Well, I mean, uh, let's see. I, I forgot exactly what what Zeke said. Dave Dave wrote an article about it. Uh, said he looked he looked lights out lights and as out. good as he can remember him looking. Hmm. Steven said nothing's changed. He's still special. So um, yeah, I think and and what I thought what Zach Martin said was was interesting too about him gaining muscle and and in gaining weight, but also still having that that quick first step. However. Let's let's also remember that Demarcus Ware, I'm sorry, Demarcus hmm. Lawrence, 
He looked like DeMarcus Ware. I was about to say, are we talking Deuce Ware coming out of retirement? No, no, no. No, (laughs) D-Law, who looked like D-Ware, and Alden Smith, who looked like 2011, were just having a party at the quarterback in training camp. So, Andy, I mean, so Gregory going up against this offensive line, let's see. Let's wait till he gets to the game and see what happens when they're actually trying to block him to the ground and they've actually played more than five games in the league. Yeah, ironically, that was my favorite first thought and, and right or wrong my first thought was man that, that says something about the tackles to me more than anything else and again it goes back to training camp and how great we thought these pass rushes were during training camp and by the way I think we've had moments from particularly from Tank and from Alden Smith we've seen moments this year when they've looked really good in games but it did speak more to me about the tackles than it did about Randy Gregory nothing against him, Randy Gregory but I'll hold judgment until I can see him in an actual game all right let's jump in i want to talk about cowboys versus cardinals amber i'm going to throw this first question to you start with you on this one what part of the arizona offense uh is it that dallas will have to most focus on stopping if they're going to get a win kyler murray running or deandre hopkins catching passes I think, to me, it would have to be DeAndre Hopkins, just just because I feel like with the running game, even though it has been a problem for the, the Cowboys' defense, with the running game, you at least have more guys that can jump in and work towards trying to stop that, rather than having DeAndre Hopkins over there by himself with another man or two guys on him. It's just, uh, when you look at men versus I guess group versus one player, uh, I, I tend to go towards the running game. You have more guys trying to stop. So I need to, they, they need to focus on trying to take out Hopkins because that guy is just amazing. Dave. I th- obviously, those things kind of tie together, don't they? I mean, and what I mean by that is if I'm trying to stop Kyler Murray from killing me on the ground, I probably want to play a ton of zone. At least I, I would, because that's how you wind up giving up 80 yards to a quarterback is if everybody has their back turned worrying about an assignment and, you know, he just leaks out for easy 5, 10, 15, 20-yard gains. So uh, I want to play a lot of zone in this game to try to neutralize that. But, like, can these guys successfully coordinate that? They've had problems with it many times this year. They've, they've lost guys on at least four, if not five, six, seven occasions. So, you know, they, they just have to be more cohesive. They have to be able to communicate more clearly. Hopefully, you know, this whole thing with Mike Nolan being on the sideline can help with that. Because, I mean, and for my money, I would rather stop Kyler. I would rather not give up the, that easy yardage. But at the same time, you can't afford to lose the guy. I mean, Hopkins is going to make his fair share of plays, but you can't lose him the way that we've seen. So, I mean, it, it's Kyler, but but I have a feeling trying to stop that is going to hurt them in the passing game as well. Nick? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like getting kicked in the face or punched in the face. I mean, what, I mean they're both going to hurt. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's probably the focus would be on Hopkins because – you know, as Dave said, Hopkins can can get free, and that's a quick touchdown. I don't know if 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 Kyler's going to bust off, you know, a run for a touchdown. He probably could, uh, but I just think that yeah, it, you know, you'll die a slow death if he keeps getting first downs. But I think it'll be a quick touchdown 
to the house if if you know if, if Hopkins goes off. So I mean the answer is both, but I think I think you you've got to make sure you, that you don't have those those big plays in the secondary. Yeah, you can kind of account I think for uh, for DeAndre Hopkins Hopkins doing what he does against most teams. Uh, as long as he doesn't go crazy, you know, if he has a day where he has five catches, 115 yards, uh, maybe a touchdown, I think the Cowboys can win that game. You combine that with a game where Hopkins, I mean, I'm sorry, where Kyler Murray is running all over you and, and moving the chains regularly throughout the game. I just don't think you can sustain that. So I, I think more than anything else, they got to make him stay in the pocket. They got to make him beat him, beat them from the pocket. And if he does, you tip your cap to him. But I think that's the best shot the Cowboys have at winning this game, at least from the standpoint of what they'll have to do defensively. All right, let's move on to the next question of the offenses that Dallas has faced. Where does Arizona rank? You got Seattle, you got the Rams, you got Cleveland, you got Atlanta. We'll just leave the Giants out for now because I don't know that they necessarily rank up there with those top mm-hmm. ones. But where would you rank that Arizona offense relative to the other offenses the Cowboys have played? Let's start first with you, Dave. Uh, okay, if this is the sixth team they've played, I'd probably put them fourth, maybe. I, th- I mean, Seattle, I think I would definitely take over them. L.A. is just more of a well-oiled machine, although I like Kyler more than I like Jared Goff. I like Hopkins more than any of those receivers, but the Rams' offense is just cleaner, better. Um, and then I, I'd probably take the Browns. You could even make an argument for the Falcons based off talent alone, but I won't do that because the Cardinals at least have a winning record. Um, it's funny, like the Cardinals, they're they're very impressive looking, and I mean, they are talented. I think, you know, they're 11th in offense, but they're mediocre at scoring. They're very inconsistent. And, you know, it goes to the point Nick made yesterday that, like, you know, this ain't the 2011 Packers. Like, they are a flawed team. Uh, they <laughs> accrue a ton of – or accrue. They accrue a ton of penalties. They don't yeah. finish drives. Uh, you know, they're only averaging 25 points a game despite all this firepower. So, I mean, they're good, but, yeah, probably probably fourth. Nick, where do you rank? I like, I like that. I like fourth. I mean, I, I think – and I think he makes a really good point about the Rams because, you know, they're not as flashy. You don't, you don't know who their running back is. The receiver is probably one of the most underrated receivers. Both of both them are – Both yeah. of them are very underrated, Cup and, and Woods. Uh, Goff, you know, he's – He's Goff. He's Goff. He's the number one overall pick, but he's – but, you know, he has his issues. He's played in a Super Bowl. There's not a lot of guys that haven't said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I just think that – I think that's that's good. I would probably go Seattle because I think their quarterback is playing the best in the game. I mean, last week when he was going against the Vikings, we were about to leave to go um, to, to leave you know the stadium, and everybody knew he was going to score a touchdown. That's exactly, I mean, everybody right. knew. Everybody so, knew. Yeah, yeah. He, he you know, I, I say them number one, and then uh, but I like fourth for the Cardinals. All right, Amber. Um, I would put them right in the middle. Uh, I think that the Cardinals is a team. <laughs> that this is something that we haven't seen the Cowboys go up against. It's not a winning record team. It's not a losing, completely losing record team either. So it's like it falls right in the middle. So I'm really, really curious to see how the Cowboys are able to handle at least those kinds of teams and get a better idea of what the Cowboys can actually do this year. Because when we talk about analyzing the Cowboys' uh, first you know, month and a half or so of the season, it's like, okay, well, if you look at the team that they've lost to, they're doing better, so maybe it, they're, they're not as bad as we think. It's just the, the kind of talent that they've gone up against. So now we get a team that kind of falls right there in the middle. So 
hopefully the Cowboys are able to, to succeed in this game and, and, and give us at least a better idea of what they can do for the rest of the season. Well, you know, you know I'm an Arkansas Razorback fan, of course. Are you? In 2007, they were about to play number one LSU. Yeah. And someone asked me, well, we, you, don't ugly have, pigs. you don't have a chance to win the game. They're beautiful. Uh, you don't have a chance to win the game. And I said, well, we do have the best player on the field, uh-huh. Darren McFadden. He's the best player on the field. And LSU's number one, but we have the best player. And if you have the best player, you can win. And we, we did win that game. And LSU still won the national cha- championship, so Dave, Dave's fine with that. But uh, that year. But what my point is, is the Cardinals may be fourth on offenses, the way you asked the question, but Hopkins is about the best receiver. And as the quarterbacks, Murray's probably two behind Russell Wilson. So they're not all putting it together, but on any given night, on a Monday night with the you know, bright, uh, bright lights, I don't, I, you know, that's what's scary. They may be number four, but they have two guys that can take over. Yeah, you know, the interesting part is I, when I asked Great the point. question, Nick, I actually was thinking to myself, this is a kind of a tricky question because you're right. I think Dave hit it on the head when he talked about the Rams. They are a well-oiled mm-hmm. machine. However, when you think about the kinds of matchup problems that this particular offense can give the Cowboys, I'm talking about the Cardinals, I think that I'd put them right up there as maybe second yeah. because, because the unique challenges that they present from the standpoint of this dynamic quarterback and this wide receiver that I think is the best in the game. And, and I think he's one of those receivers. It doesn't matter if you try to take him out of the game. You could put two guys on him. Good luck. He's still going to get open. He's still going to make his catches. He's still going to do what he does, right? So I, I look at this offense, and I would probably put him up there as maybe number two, probably between them and, and Cleveland. But I would put the Rams probably below them because I do think they present some challenges that the other offenses just don't present. Mm-hmm. Get him. Yeah, but doesn't that – I mean, you can apply that to the Cowboys. Like, the, in a vacuum, the Cowboys are one of the two or three best offenses in football, but they can't get out of their own way. They're minus eight in turnover differential. They start in a hole every week. It's why they have a losing record. And I think, you know, the Cardinals aren't as bad as the Cowboys, but they have a lot of the same problems. Like I said, like they can't finish drives. They t- they're, they're minus four in turnover differential, I believe. So I do agree with you that they have – you know, scary difference makers that we haven't seen the the quality of every week. But if if you can't get if you can't get out of your own way, if you're taking bad sacks, penalties, turning the ball over, it doesn't always matter. As the Cowboys have demonstrated very often this season. But what we also have seen this season is that this defense, the Cowboys defense, against much lesser quality opponents or much lesser quality offenses or offensive players, in my posi- in my opinion have played really, really poorly. And so now you match them up against guys of this caliber, maybe that's their antidote to a lot of the issues they've been dealing well, with, right? Very fair, very fair. All right, we're going to do this. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, I have some more questions. Amber, real quick, did you have something you were about to say there too? I thought you were jumping in on something. I, w- I was just going to I mean, Dave just basically said it. I, okay. I was just going to say the same thing, that it, the, the same story can be applied to the Cowboys' offense. And at any given moment, I mean, the story might be a little different because we haven't fully seen what Andy Dalton can do inside the offense. But it, it, it could have been applied the same way. It's like, oh, at any given moment, the Cowboys stop turning over the ball, and then we start seeing the kind of offense that they've been playing in the second half of the game. We start seeing it from the, the start of the game. So... It, it, it's it's a very tricky situation, very interesting season because you 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 can see what they can possibly become, but at the same time you can see how terrible they can be. 
And frankly, that's that's a great point. But I, I think right now, this is the part of the season where you start seeing the differentiation. Like what you've seen to this point is the potential. Now is when the 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 guys, the teams that are really good, they'll start to separate themselves. The teams that are really bad, they'll continue to do the things that they've done that you've said that could be the reason why they're not very good, and they will be just bad, right? So I think this is the part of year we're about to see. Will the Cowboys continue to be that team? Will the Cardinals continue to be that team? You also have another option. You can be, like, really good one week and then bad the next and then good and then bad and then bad, and that finishes you around the 8-8 mark. And maybe both these teams are that. All right, we're going to take our break. When we come back, I am going to ask you guys the question around the guys that may be coming back. We had Anthony Brown come back last week, possibly Leighton Vanderesh this week. My question is, how much do those guys change what this defense has been through the first five games? And is it, is it enough against these playmakers on offense? We'll do it when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So, as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines. You are why we fly. To the break. Cowboys single game tickets are back. AT&T Stadium Monday night. Cowboys take on the Cardinals. Limited number of tickets are available starting at $89. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. All right, welcome back to the second segment of the break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about Cowboys versus Cardinals. That game happens Monday night on Monday Night Football. But we're getting you guys ready today. Uh, and telling you what we think is going to happen. We will have our predictions in the final segment of the show. But let's jump back in. I, we've been talking about this Cardinals offense and some of the playmakers they have on that offense. Last week, the Cowboys got Anthony Brown, their cornerback, back uh, from injury. This week, it looks like there's a possibility Leighton Vander Esch will be back as well, which is 
probably as big of a of a guy that they're wanting to get back from this defense. Of all the guys that they've lost on defense this year, he's probably the guy that you point to that you think can have the biggest impact. My question is, is the impact of having him back and having Anthony Brown back enough that this defense changes from what it's been in the first five weeks substantially enough to where we see a difference on the field? Let's start first with you, Nick. Well, I mean, the standard's up there. I mean, you better score a touchdown. I mean, Anthony Brown comes back, Leighton comes <laughs> in, and you need to score. I think it's just, you know, it's a couple stops. I mean, when you think about having just a better player at corner, that helps. A better linebacker, that helps. And, it, and a couple stops here and there on third down gets you off the field. That's just an, another possession, and that could lead to seven, ten points the other way. So, yeah, I think I think that that stuff helps. And you know, you can roll. People can roll their eyes and go, "Oh, he's, is he going to make a difference?" They wouldn't be starting if they were if they weren't better. So, yeah, you want your better players in there, and you know, I, th- I think they should help. If they're not, then you know, why'd you give them all that money? And why'd you draft them? Yeah, Amber. Well, when you're at the bottom of the bottom, uh, at that point, (laughs) anything helps. So, yes, uh, I'm expecting that to be helpful. Not not just because of mainly because of ex- their experience. I mean, they're athletic guys, and and hopefully they're they're fully healthy once they hit the field again. And you know, Anthony Brown had a good, great comeback, let's say, because of that one play. But I expect their their veteran experience to be able to help kind of glue back the the whole defense as far as all these communication problems because they're they're more experienced I would I would think that they they will handle better the the all the changes that have happened in the defense again I don't know how complicated it has been under Mike Nolan and, and everything that he's teaching them and all that but clearly it's been an issue so so having them back and adding the veteran experience back on the field I think it's always a plus Dave I'm gonna steal this point from Rob Phillips because it was a good one and it kind of blew my mind when he said it it's basically, I mean, it's been a calendar year since Leighton Vander Esch played a full game for the Cowboys. Because, mm. uh, you know, it, it was around late October when he started having problems with his neck last year. They shut him down in early November. Uh, obviously, he didn't make it through the season opener. It can't hurt. It can't hurt that he's out there, I don't think, unless he gets hurt again. But I assume they wouldn't put him out there if he wasn't ready. So it can't hurt, but I, I can't bring myself to believe that it will definitely make a tangible difference. Because... It's been, I mean, other than like two possessions against the Rams, it's been a year since the guys played football. And we've already seen basically all of these guys have struggled to adapt to a new scheme. I don't know that Leighton Vander Esch won't have those same problems. You know, he's going to need time to get his feet underneath him, get comfortable, get back to playing fast and playing with his instincts as he tries to learn a new scheme for the first time in his pro career. So it'll be nice to have him out there, but I, I, I can't bring myself to say like, yes, they will definitely be a lot better right away because of that. Yeah, that's a really great point. I didn't think about how long he's been yeah. since he's played a full NFL game. Not an NFL season, NFL game. That's that's a long time. Sure. So uh, I guess we do need to temper our expectations just a bit, even if he, even if he uh, plays this week. All right, let's move on. The next question I have for you guys is, let's assume for a second that the defense continues to be what it has been through the first five games. Um, how likely are the Cowboys to win a shootout without Dak Prescott? Amber, let's start with you. Uh, I think it's possible. I think that, that Andy Dalton has the experience and all that. And, I mean, look at the the moment of the game that he came in 
last week against the Giants. I mean, that was towards the end of the game. And, and my, my question would be, okay, can a player kind of kick in full gear towards that, that last quarter of the game? And based on that little, tiny, small amount that we got to see from him, I think, I think it's possible. He has the arm. I, I've seen him be very accurate and precise with his throw. So I don't think that the, if the Cowboys lose, it wouldn't necessarily be because of the quarterback not being able to keep up with what is being asked and required to do. Dave. Let's be very fair to Andy Dalton. I mean, like, I'm the president of the Dak Prescott fan club, but they weren't winning more of these games than they were losing when he was doing this. I mean, that's a testament to how sloppy they've been. So if they wind up in the type of shootouts that they've been in these first five weeks, it's probably not just because the defense is bad, but the offense is continuing to not do anybody any favors. And they couldn't overcome that when Dak was here. So I have a hard time believing anybody else is going to be able to do it either. I mean... They absolutely have to play cleaner on offense to win games, period, no matter how high scoring it gets. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, I agree with, with both. I mean, I think he can get the job done. But, again, it doesn't matter if it's Dak or him. It's not a recipe for, for success to go winning games to do to, to keep playing that way. And so, um, you know, they, they need, I think with him, they need to get a lead and they need to play that way and it'll help with Zeke. And I think it'll be, it would be better for Dak just like it would be better for Andy Dalton. So I think, honestly, I, I don't, I think Dave, they both said it. They, they weren't winning games with shootouts. They really weren't. They, they were one and three winning these shootouts. I guess you could say now they're two and three in shootout games. So that's not, that. That's not the way I don't think this team needs to play, especially with that defense. Yeah. I, the one thing I will say is I, I think if they get into situations where they're having to just throw the ball 57 times, I think Dak kept them in games like that, and they had opportunities in all those games to win. They had opportunities to be in the game at the end of the game, and if they could have made a play or two here or there, maybe they win those games. I don't think it necessarily plays out like that with Andy Dalton, and that's not because of Andy Dalton. That's because of what they got on the offensive line. I think if teams are lining up with the knowing Dallas is throwing the ball, I don't think this offensive line can hold up for him. And I think they are, they are less concerned about the fact that he's going to break the pocket and hit him for a big play. And, and I think they were with Dak. I don't think they would be with Andy Dalton. And we've talked about it. Yeah, Andy can move around and, and probably can pick up some yards here and there. I don't think teams will necessarily be worried about that. And I think that makes them not be as slow in, in coming to get him. And I think that could be a problem for the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys need to keep that 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 amount of, of passes down under 40, in my opinion, to give themselves the best chance to win. And if they get in a shootout where they're doing what they were doing earlier in the year, I don't think they, they have much of a shot with what they've done on the offensive line, with what they're doing on the offensive line. After going back and watching that game, we didn't really talk about that much. What do you guys think about the offensive line play uh, in the game against the Giants? Uh, let's start first with you, Nick. I thought, you know, I thought they did a – okay i mean it wasn't it, it wasn't great but uh you know they they ran the ball at times when they needed to um you know i think brandon Knight just continues to get better it looks like steel had you know still finished the game i mean that's good for him you know that's the what the first time in a couple of weeks that he's done that um and so that, that that was good i mean I, it wasn't i wasn't overly impressed but it, it was it was definitely good enough to win, and you know get, that those guys are going to continue to try to get better here. What do you think, Dave? 
I, re- I think we, I mean, we mentioned this a little bit earlier in the week. I was, I was very impressed with the interior three, particularly, you know, Tyler Biotish making his first official start. I know he got snaps the weeks before, but his first real start, I thought he was really encouraging. And then, you know, it's always a good thing when you say you don't notice the tackle play. Like, that's not to say they were perfect, but they certainly, you know, they weren't jumping off the screen because your quarterback wasn't getting annihilated every two or three snaps. So uh, encouraging, but just like everything we say about that game, it doesn't, I mean, it, it just doesn't say a whole lot to me. The giants don't exactly have a ton of horses there. And this week is going to be really interesting. You know, Chandler Jones is out. So it's not the traditional, Ooh, they gotta, they gotta watch that guy because this is going to be a strain on the entire offensive line. Cause there's going to be pressure coming from every different angle you know, Bucky talked about how the Cardinals like to blitz. They've got th- four or five guys with two sacks on this defense. And uh, so, you know, it might not be all on the tackles this week. And I, I got to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty concerned at the communication aspect of it because you got a lot of new guys, a lot of guys who haven't played a lot of games, and, and they're going to need to be picking stuff up. This is a week where Zeke Elliott can really show his value in that regard because they're going to need him to pick up some pressure, I would guess. Amber. I agree with everything they just said. I, I don't remember a moment in the game of watching that game where I was like, man, these guys suck. They need to figure something out. So when when you don't notice something sometimes, it's not a bad thing. And I know that the back injury was the highlight uh, and the main headline of the week, but we didn't start the week either talking about, man, the Cowboys need to shuffle this O-line and kind of rethink where they want to place some of these guys and move around. So I guess uh, as of if we're specifically judging about uh, from the Giants game, they were just okay. And hopefully uh, that's something that we don't notice this week either. One thing I will point out, I went back uh, this morning actually and I went and watched all the offensive plays just starting, just looking directly at the offensive line. One thing I was a little bit shocked at is Brandon Knight actually, in my opinion, had more bad plays in that game than I'd seen him have in some of the previous games. Uh, there were some moments in that game where, where D- Dak basically bailed him out. Dak got rid of the ball quickly on situations where there would have been sacks otherwise. And, and when I look at it, really, even in the running game, they really were getting a lot of success they were getting in the running game, especially early, on the right side not on the left side. You know, Connor Williams still has some issues with power, and there was one play particularly where he basically got washed all the way from his side over to the right side to blow up the play. The right side actually blocked the play really well, but Connor gets washed into the running back, and and it ends up only being a few yards uh, for, for Zeke. But overall, I agree with you guys. It wasn't like killer offensive line play. It wasn't the kind of offensive line play that, that completely stops your offense from being able to operate, and obviously they were able to get results in the run game. So I was I was pretty excited about what I saw watching it overall. I do think there's still some issues there, particularly on the left side and particularly at the tackle spots. Uh, they did help still quite a bit, but I, I'm still a little bit concerned about that, and I'm definitely concerned against a team like this that's going to bring pressure from a lot of places. Dave, you have something? I just, I mean, I don't know that we give Dak enough credit for how night and day better he is at navigating a, an unclean pocket. I mean, he's, you know, Go, go turn on some tape from 2017 and see how he's, you know, bringing his eyes down to, to basically panicking, trying to get away from pressure. He's so much better at that than he used to be. Yeah. 
And I, I, to be very honest, I, I don't know I don't know how good Andy Dalton is at it. I I'll <laughs> I confess I haven't watched a ton of like tape of the Bengals over the last four or five years. Um, so I mean that's going to be big with an unclean pocket. Because let's be honest, you're you're not going to have it very often with what you're working with on the offensive line. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, I'm going to ask a very simple question, two very simple questions to you guys. If there's one player you have to identify on the offensive side of the ball and then one player on the defensive side of the ball that needs a great game in order for Dallas to win, who will it be? We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter. 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. All right, Chris. Coming to a Cowboys game this season, make sure you know before you go. You wear a mask, you keep distance, and you be prepared for cashless transactions. Please be aware of all safe stadium policies prior to arriving at AT&T Stadium. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash safe stadium. Woo! Welcome doesn't work the, the same did, for Monster Jam. It didn't Jam. feel the same. No, it didn't Sorry. feel the same. Can you, can you repeat that again? I, I didn't get all the information. Sorry. <laughs> SafeStadium.com. <laughs> DallasCowboys.com <laughs> slash SafeStadium. Oh, doesn't man. feel the same when it's not Monster Jam. Hey, you <laughs> just got to do it regular. <laughs> you know. doesn't work. Mm, never mind. All right. I was going to say it hurts my throat, but you can't say your throat hurts. <laughs> yeah, no. I was going to say you need to get out. All right. It is the uh, final segment of the break. Get out of there, Darren. Get right, out of there. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Morgan Studios at the Star. Uh, we're talking Cowboys <clears throat> versus Cardinals. Got a simple question for each of you guys. We'll start first on the offensive side of the ball. Give me one player that if he needs to have, if, if there's one player that has to have a great game in order for them to win, who will it be offensively? Let's start with you, Amber. 
I'm gonna cheat a little bit, uh -oh. but that's okay. I'm gonna choose Ezekiel Elliott. I, I I think that the Cowboys, if they're successful at running the game, one, it would mean that the offensive line was doing their job as well. So Zeke, once he gets, you know, we, we've seen it. We've seen it happen that the Cowboys tend to win games when Zeke has a good day running the ball. So I think that's gonna help the defense as well. And it's just overall, if Zeke has a good game, it just kind of, in my mind, starts aligning everything else. So that's my offensive player that needs to have a great game. Nick, can't argue. I mean, that, it is Zeke. I mean, that that is the answer. Um, I'll see if I can come up with somebody else, but but I mean, she's right. It, it is it, if if he can play a great game, then great games mean that they're running the ball well, or he's picking up blitzes like Dave uh, mentioned earlier, or you know like he he's maybe catching some screens out of the backfield. We might see a little bit more of the screens. Is what Bucky was saying. So yeah, I mean, I definitely think Zeke's the guy that that needs to have a really good game. But but I'll I'll, I'll also say that you know I, Dalton Schultz. Because blitzes are going to come from all areas here, and he's, you know, you're going to have to be able to pick that up. And if not, you need to be hot and be ready to go. Turn around, boom, five yards, get up the field. So I, I could see the tight end really being a safety valve here for Andy Dalton, and I think Dalton Schultz needs to have a big game. Dave, I got one for you. All right, guy by the name of Tyler Biotish. Hmm. Uh, because again, we just we just talked about this. It's you know, this ain't Miles Garrett. This is going to be. Six or seven different guys coming from a variety of different places. A lot of that's on the center to identify the protections. Get them into the right ones. Make sure everybody's on the same page. And then obviously in the run game, he needs to be a viable blocker there as well. So if he's not playing well, they will probably struggle to run the ball. And they're going to get sacked four or five times and ruin some drives. So he needs to be on his P's and Q's. I mean, Zeke is a good answer too, obviously. But... If you want something a little more outside the box, that would be my answer. You know, actually, that's a great point, Dave. And I, I'll, I'll tell each of you guys, you get a chance to go back and watch some of that Giants game at the beginning, at the early part, the first two or three uh, series. Notice how there were a lot of the problems that they had on the offensive line seemed to be issues of coordination. You'd have a guy that was kind of passing a guy off, but he didn't completely pass him off. And so the guy then gets through and, and can get to the quarterback. You'd have situations where guys were kind of, they'd kind of get into a hole and you'd have an offensive. I saw in one place, Steele was literally just standing in space while there was a defender running toward the quarterback. Like, it's just, it, it seems like, and it wasn't just a situation of one guy getting beat. It was situations where they haven't played enough as a as a unit of five to really understand, okay, how long do I need to hold this guy before I pass him off to you? And who's going to take who on each of these plays? And so that's a great point, Dave, when you talk about Tyler Biotis. He's going to be the one that's going to have to make those calls, and it's going to be up to the five to play as one unit rather than as individuals. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Let's start first with you, Dave. Defensively, who is the one player that has to have a great day for the Cowboys to win? <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying Jalen Smith probably every week because it, it, Even it, just is what it is. Back? And to his credit, he. Well, I mean, you can say the linebackers, but I mean, Jalen Smith is still. I mean, offenses are going to try to take advantage of him in space until he consistently proves that they can't do it. And he played great. He played great last week. I'm not trying to. But it's a whole new challenge. And. Maybe the most elusive quarterback in the NFL, certainly one of them. And that's just, that's what scares me. I mean, Daniel Jones had some success doing that last week. It didn't kill him too much, but extending plays, getting away from pressure, uh, he didn't hurt him running, 
but Kyler Murray will if he's able to get outside of the pocket or if the pass rush can't get him on the ground. Um, so in, in, and then in addition to coverage, yeah, I mean, Jalen Smith is, it's, it's going to be a challenge. And, and for Layton too, if he plays, the linebackers are just going to have to be able to, to limit the impact that he can do as a, as a runner. Nick. Xavier Woods, and, and I say that safety because I don't know who the other safety is going to be, but whoever the safety is going to be that also has his eyes on DeAndre Hopkins because they can't just let one corner go after. Whoever that is, and I'm going to say it's Xavier Woods, it might be Diamond Wilson or Stephen Parker or whoever whoever else. Yeah. Uh, Darian Thompson. Thompson played more than I thought he would for a guy that got benched. He's still yeah. out there on nickel. Whoever it is that's going to be cheating over there to to uh, watch DeAndre Hopkins and be with him on some of those jump balls, that safety has to have a really good game because you cannot let DeAndre Hopkins just go crazy on him. So that's, that's going to be my pick is Xavier Woods. Amber? I, I, I'm with Nick on this one. The, the defense... It's having so much problems, so many problems that it's hard to say. Okay, this I need this one specific guy to hit to have a great game in order for them to win. It goes far beyond than than that. So if I had to pick someone, I would go with whatever whoever the DB is that's trying to cover uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Mainly because not only is it Hopkins, but two. In previous game, we've seen how there is so much freaking separation between a receiver and a DB. It's ridiculous. So I need that person to be able to keep up and, and not allow that much uh, separation and allow them to get in the end zone. I mean, it, it, it's been killing them this whole season. So uh, th- that would be my answer. Whoever's on Hopkins' watch. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take uh, the final five minutes of the show to see if we can get a question or two in from the fans. Amber, what do we have? <laughs> <laughs> I want y'all to okay. get in the show. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get one. Um, when, when you're talking about the, the comp- comparison between Andy Dalton and Dak Prescott, do you guys believe that Dalton actually does need less time to get red red? red of the ball as opposed to what Dak Prescott was having to deal with. Mm. Well, so basically, I, can Andy Dalton get rid of the ball faster? I, I, yeah, I think he can get rid of the ball. I mean, anybody can get rid of the ball fast. But I think the question is, is that when that linebacker or defensive end is on his back, like, it's a sack. With Dak, like, he might just shake him off or whatever and stiff arm the guy and, and, and just keep going. I mean, I think that's the, the elusiveness is probably a, a, the big difference there, and, and, and avoiding sacks and in the pocket there. But yeah, I think he can he can get rid of the, the ball quickly. I think he'll recognize things fairly fairly quickly. Um, but but I, I think the I think, biggest difference is going to be just avoiding the sacks. It's an interesting point that you know maybe, and and I I'll take Dak's playmaking ability every day of the week, but. Andy Dalton is probably more likely to concede defeat, you know, Yeah. Uh, which can be a good thing because Dak not conceding defeat sometimes leads to turnovers. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't think Dak had a problem getting rid of the ball on time for the most part, but maybe Dalton will be a little more willing to, to, you know, call it a loss and live to fight another day. Maybe that can help him play a little bit cleaner. It's something to consider. Yeah, I, w- I would say this too. I think so, there's kind of this narrative out there that, 
Dak holds the ball too long at times because he's indecisive. I don't think that's the case. In instances where he holds the ball longer, I think what he's doing, he's actually trying to give his receivers time to get open to make a big play. And that's the balance that any quarterback has to play. Andy's going to have the same balance to play is, okay, I see that if I can give Gallup two more beats, he's going to be open down the sideline. So let me see if I can hold. And then you try to hold. Sometimes good things happen. Sometimes bad things happen. You have to figure out what moments in games. I remember Romo talking about this a lot. you got to figure out the moment in the game that you feel like you can take those kinds of chances where there are other moments where you can't. But so, so when you talk about holding on to the ball, I don't think it's necessarily a matter of can he get rid of the ball quicker. I think it's a matter of will he be prone to doing that? And if he's prone to doing that, will he be willing to take the chances at times when he should take the chance to hold it a little bit longer so he gives his receiver that opportunity to make the big play downfield? I don't think we have time for another question, there. Yeah, we do. But... We can go one more. We can go one more. <laughs> We're picking games? Oh, yeah, we are picking yeah, games. Yeah, like... I'm... I was just going to say, screw that show that comes after us, but either way. Uh, all right, so let's go to the predictions. Let's go to the predictions. <laughs> let's go to predictions. I know, right? Let's go to the predictions. Uh, let's start first with you, Amber. Who's going to win this game? What's going to happen? Oh. Okay, Derek. <laughs> I will go. Um, I think, you know, I think that... The Dallas Cowboys star attracts, loves attracting drama and loves keeping <laughs> you on your toes and guessing and all that. So I think that mainly because of that, this is going to be a game where although I don't trust the Cowboys' defense whatsoever, I still think that, that they're, the, the offense is going to manage to just be the one who walks out of the game scoring the most points. It's going to be a game where... We're going to start hearing about, oh, well, maybe the Cowboys don't need to give Dak a big contract. Maybe Andy Dalton can be the guy that they can stay with. So all of that drama, it, it's coming our way. I feel it, or I think so. And the Cowboys figure out a way to, to win this game. And also because of Dak's injury, I think that the energy around the team and the building, it, it's a little different to where I feel like maybe they're playing to, to get this win for Dak again. So Cowboys win, um, I would say something like 35, 32. It's going to be a close game. All right. Nick. Um, you know, what's been the Cowboys record here the last decade or so? It seems like every year they finish 8-8. Eight and eight. Well. 8-8. Eight and eight. Okay. So if they win, they'll be, what, 3-3? Three and three? Mm-hmm. That seems on track to me. And I like both points that Amber made. I do. Because it's crazy, weird NFL. And that, that just when you think this happens, it goes the other way. I do think the energy, Monday Night Football, I think it'll be going there. Now, again, you have to you have to fight that off from the Cardinals. Because it's just like what you know the Yankees have and Notre Dame has and all that. You may not be good enough to handle it. But like teams come in and they see that and they're like, oh, we're going to give them you know, the, everything they've got. I still think the Cowboys find a way. I think they play a cleaner game. Um, I think Andy Dalton will be he'll, – he'll, he'll play a good game, and I think Zeke's going to just ball out. I really believe so. And I think the Cowboys win. I, I like it close. I like 37-36. Mm. Close. All right. Dave. Another nail-biter. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's crazy to pick the Cowboys in this game. It's, uh, you know, I think the line is, is a dead heat, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and uh, as we keep saying, like the Cardinals aren't this amazing team. I'm not trying to say they're world beaters, but guess what? The Cowboys are pretty mediocre too, and they're beat to hell. Uh, they don't have any of their good players. And, and even if they get some of them back, 
I just I don't think I believe that they are going to make that instant impact that some people expect. Um, I can't help but think about the fact that, you know, we, we keep expecting them to play this clean game and it keeps not happening. I think the Dak angle is really interesting. Maybe maybe they come out and play fired up for him, but I can't help but think about the fact that Andy Dalton fumbled a snap on one of his first possessions in the game. So, like, maybe he's got ball security issues too. Maybe this is just who they are. But with everything going against this team and from what we've seen from this defense, I can't bring myself to pick Dallas to, to do this. Not, you know, I just, I have nightmares about, you know, Kyler Murray feels like he's going to run for 120 in this game. Um, I, I mean, it's going to be a crazy competitive game, but I'll take the team with the better quarterback and the, and the less issues. And I think Arizona wins 31, 27. All right. I think this is going to be an offensive game. I think both offenses are going to score a ton of points. Um, I don't think it's going to feel like a shootout, though. I, I kind of think they're going to be ebbs and flows to this game. There are going to be moments when there's not a lot of scoring. There are going to be other moments where it's going to be bop, bop, bop. You get quick scores. Uh, but I think both offenses, when you finish the game, they're going to have a lot of yards. They're going to have a lot of points. Um, I do think, though, that the Cowboys end up getting the win just because, you know, I think it's kind of a pick em game. And so I'm going to default to the Cowboys. But I think this is a toss-up. I think these teams, they, as you were saying earlier, Nick, they, these are two teams that, yeah, they're good. I mean, they're good. They have good offensive weapons, but they can't get out of their own way. And so both will make mistakes. Uh, both will also have some really big days. I think Kyler Murray, as you go to your point, Dave, I, I think Kyler Murray, has a, he's going to approach that. I think he's going to approach 100 yards rushing. I think he's going to have a field day on this defense because they have not shown me yet that I can rely on the fact that they're going to stop the run. All that being said, I think Dallas ends up pulling it out in a close one. 37-34 is my final score, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on Tuesday. Remember, there will be no podcasts on Monday because it is game day. We'll be back on Tuesday. We'll tell you what went right and what went wrong for the Cowboys. Till then, for Nick Eatman, De- Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!